welcome to this edition of the Alabama Historical Association's podcast program. I'm your host, Marty Olaf, and I talk with people who conduct interesting research and do interesting things concerning Alabama history. You can find out more about the Alabama Historical Association, a membership organization devoted to Alabama history, by pointing your browser at our website, www.alabamahistory.net. Our guest today is Lonnie Burnett, the professor of history at the University of Mobile and the newly elected president for the Alabama Historical Association for 2014-2015. Lonnie, thanks for being with us today. We'd like to know what you plan for your term in office. Well, Marty, it's great to be with you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And let me say first what an honor it is to lead this organization because a lot of my heroes and heroines in the field, so to speak, have been past presidents, including yourself, by the way. I've got basically four things I'm looking at this year. Some are continuations and some are actually departures. But first of all, it's just membership. We had a very good membership year, I believe, under the leadership of Gail Thomas. And we are right at a 1,000 members. I want to push that to over a 1,000. That's priority one, not just for numbers' sake, but obviously for involvement and participation and exposing more and more people to a great history of our great state here. I would like to see the membership grow, especially among one group that we may have overlooked a little bit, and that leads to my second initiative. I want to reach out in a big way to high school teachers. We're going to start this actually in Columbiana. The new superintendent of the Alabaster School System is a good friend of mine. He was actually our superintendent in Sarah Land. I'm on the school board in Sarah Land, and I've worked with him for a long time, and I've talked with him about sponsoring some high school teachers. He loves the idea, so hopefully in Columbiana at the pilgrimage this fall, we'll have a lot of high school teachers from not just Alabaster, but also Shelby County. They've agreed to provide some scholarships for some of their teachers, so I would like to see us, even at our meetings, perhaps go into the high schools to talk to classes while we've got people in their community, make ourselves available to them in the high schools. The third plan is more and more undergraduate students. I know we reach out to graduate students, but here at the University of Mobile, we require our state history students to become members. It's almost like a fee for the course. It's only a $15 student fee, so we've gotten probably 30 members over the last two or three years in this course. I would like to see our colleagues across the state perhaps do a program like this. If it could be added as a course fee or even a voluntary program, I'd like to see us get more and more undergraduate students because that's our future teachers, our future professors. That's the future of the organization. We've got a great mix right now. I noticed at our last meeting in Scottsboro, I saw, I think, more young people than ever before. When I say young, I mean younger than you and I in their 30s, I guess, and below. It seemed like a lot of young people, which is encouraging. We've got a good core of solid members that have been there for a long time, and I saw a lot of young people. I would like to see that trend continue. So I think if we reach out to undergraduate students, to high school students, along with the general lay population, of course, I think we're in, in good, good shape here. I guess the fourth thing would be just to continue what have been a series of excellent meetings in the last two or three years. We were talking at Scottsboro the other day with someone, and we all agreed in this group that the biggest value of this organization, especially I think in the pilgrimage, is you're exposed to places you'd have no other reason in the world to go to. 
example, the meeting you hosted, Marty, and you follow, I had never in my life been to that part of the world. It was beautiful. We've, we've since planned a vacation to go back. The same is true with Scottsboro. I had never in my life been to Scottsboro. I've gone up Interstate 59 many, many times, but you never get off the road. Lounsboro, I think of a few years ago. Horseshoe Bend, I've never been to. I've been in this state my entire life, and it seems like every meeting we go to places that are off the beaten path, but once you get there, you realize what a great location it is and the great history. We've got two meetings planned this year. The pilgrimage, I think, will expose people to a new place. We're going to go to Columbiana, which I've been to Birmingham. I can't count the times in my life. But right there at exit, I believe it's 228, when you get off and go to Columbiana, what a marvelous little community. And the people there have just been so receptive. They're thrilled to have us coming in October. But I think this will be a case of exposing our members to a new location. Next spring in 2015, we'll be here in Mobile. That's a familiar sight, of course, but we're going to see some parts of Mobile and some aspects of Mobile that I hope folks have not seen before, including the Mobile Museum, the renovation they've done, lots of renovations at Fort Condy. So it's a chance for the members that have been here many times, I think, to see a new part of Mobile as we develop the downtown area. So, I mean, those four things, Marty, are pretty much what I want to do especially, I think, the outreach. And I believe under your administration, we started more of a social media outreach. You know, let's keep that going. That's a good way to reach these people, the high school teachers, the undergraduate students. I mean, they live on social media. I think things like we're doing today, a podcast, the uh, Facebook, the Twitter, let's keep that going. Let's expand that. Let's just build on what past presidents have done as we kind of push this thing past the 1,000-member mark and beyond. Well, Lonnie, it sounds like you've got plans in place. Let me ask you about your undergraduates that join. Do they stay with the organization? We're actually in the second or third cycle. Just through anecdotal evidence, I know some do. I'm sure some just do it for that year, get their four journals, and that's it. But I do know in some cases, because they've told me, they've gone on to renew. You know, in Mobile, we'll get our student workers from this class. Matthew Downs, one of our members, We'll offer that class in the spring of 2015. So part of the requirement will be to work at the AHA meeting. So we get you know a good source of labor. They get exposure to conferences. They can put this on their resumes as they go to graduate schools. I, I just think it's beneficial. I would like to see other departments do this because I think it's a good thing for our students to expose them to the professional part of being a historian. One of the great things about this organization is the blend, the professional historian and also the layperson. That, that's a magical mix to me. And when you go to meetings, you see a blending that you just don't see at other associations. I love the Southern Association, of course, but you don't see a blending like you do at the AHA of your professional academician and your person who works for a local historical society or a genealogist or just a person that loves history. It's a remarkable thing when you see these folks interact. There is no hierarchy. There is no, you know, we're this, you're that. It's a wonderful interchange of ideas. And the way we rotate the presidency, I mean, that's just, to me, is a great idea that has served us very well over the years. And I think that both groups benefit from interaction with that other group. It's just good, good mixing, I think. What else you got going on? We are busy planning meetings right now. As all presidents know, 
the best laid plans go awry. So we're dealing this week, actually, with venues for the Mobile meeting. Mark Wilson and I will drive up to Columbiana June the 6th to meet that group there. They've got plans well underway. We were in Mobile last week talking to hotels and, and venues. And just, you know, details, logistics to straighten out. It, it's amazing. I tell my colleagues here I'm planning a meeting. They say, when's the meeting? I say, it's next April. And they say, well, gosh, that's a long time off. But as you well know, it's not a long time off. When it comes to booking hotel rooms for 200 people and eating facilities and banquet spaces and programs, 12 months is not a long time. So we've got folks on the ground right now planning these meetings to try to top what just happened a few weeks ago, which will be hard to do, by the way, the, the Scottsboro meeting. But we're going to try and top that. And we're on the ground right now running, uh, planning both Columbiana for October and also planning Mobile in the next April. So it's a lot of preparation, a lot of folks involved. Mark Wilson, God love him, is always involved. He's with us in every step of the way, you know, giving advice and counsel and, and on the ground with us. So it's going very well, though. It's a very enjoyable thing to do, and we're having a good time doing it. Good luck with your term and accomplishing your agenda, and thank you for joining us. Marty, I appreciate always talking to you. Thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of the Alabama Historical Association podcast program. Our music is the traditional tune, Whistle By, performed at city stages in 1996 by James Bryan and Carl Jones. It's provided courtesy of the Alabama Folklife Association, which you can find on the web at alabamafolklife.org.